you get used to delivering to a certain kind of customer. You get used to providing a certain message that you know works. Everything just gets easier. If you're trying to create content to drive interest so that people buy from you and you are going wide and you are just trying every single subject, your marketing message is going to take so much longer. So when you only talk about one type of customer in all of the content that you create, it allows them to continue to grow desire so that they realize that you are the best person for this gig and you do have the solution to their biggest problems because you understand it. You're talking to that niche. That was Stephanie Campanella, entrepreneur and creator of Nail the Niche. And in this episode, she shares how becoming hyper-focused on solving a specific problem for a specific audience completely transformed her business and propelled her to becoming a well-known authority in her space. Stephanie walks us through why picking a niche is just the first step and how creating a unique offering that helps your target customer reach their goals is the key to really winning over your niche. If you've struggled to find a niche for your business or if you're looking to quickly become a thought leader for the niche you're already serving, You definitely want to listen to this conversation all the way through. So let's jump in. You're listening to the Content Heroes Podcast, where entrepreneurs, marketers, and creatives share how they've built profitable businesses on their own terms by creating content online. And now, your host, Josiah Goff. Welcome to Content Heroes, everyone. I'm here with Stephanie Campanella, who is an entrepreneur and thought leader focused on motivating creatives to pick a niche to market to so they can step in and become the authority. Stephanie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Hey, thank you, Josiah. So we like to start here with your origin story. Can you share with us your journey as an entrepreneur and content creator? Yeah, I mean, I guess like technically I'm a graphic designer. I've come from, you know, arts and computers. I was good at that. So uh, I went and did graphic design. I had a massive car accident in, gosh, 2000. Look at me. I've even swiped it off my brain. It's that, it's that gone. I think it was 2003 and that stopped me in my track for five years. I thought I was never going to be able to do design school because I couldn't sit down. I was basically lying down on the couch going from doctor's appointment to doctor's appointment. And when I started to get better, I realized that, you know, this industry, this design industry is where I want to be. And then I found web design and then I just really adapted really quickly to it. I went out and got a job and next thing you know, I... I was full-time being this web expert. (laughs) I eventually got retrenched 11 months and three weeks into my first year of of working full-time, which meant that uh, I didn't get a payout. I just, I got diddly squat and shown the door basically. (laughs) Thanks, Australia. (laughs) (laughs) You know, without me getting retrenched, I would have never started my business. Like, I would have never, like, I got retrenched in March and then I started my business in April, like two weeks later or whatever. And I was like, right, I am never, I'm never going to not have control of my life ever again. You know, I'd previously lost control with the uh, car accident. I finally got myself back on track and then getting retrenched. I was like, this is, I don't know if I could swear on him, but this is bullshit. (laughs) I'll beep it out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I I just, I was determined to do my own thing and to fly my own flag and, and just get cracking. Like most business owners, I did everything for everyone because I thought, you know, I I don't know what else to do. No one else has written a book on this stuff. So I guess that's just what I'm going to do. And it wasn't until 2013 
two years later, I realized that if I really wanted to have a good go at this, then I needed to niche. And um, yeah, so 2013, I picked my niche and I thought, woohoo, it's all done. But it then took me a year to realize that it's not just about picking your niche. It's actually about building a core product or a core service to take to that market so that they understand exactly what you do. And then they're aligned with you because, you know, they identify as your niche. So yeah, it's been a, uh, it's been a good journey. Like because we're at the end of 2020 now, there's all this like Instagram posts about people looking at their last decade. Uh, yeah. Like the start of 2010, that was pretty much me graduating and then getting that job. And then, yeah, 2011 was when I got retrenched. So the, for the last 10 years, I've been doing this thing. So yeah, it's that, a lot to look back on. That's awesome. So when you decided to start niching down, what did, what did your business look like at that point? Like what were you offering and who you said you were, were you just serving whoever? Like what was your audience at that point? So before I niched, I was pretty much serving anyone with a heartbeat. So we were doing web design, we were doing branding, we were doing, God, we would do pull-up banners for people, we'd do car design, like, you know, uh, car wraps, marketing, like SEO, pay-per-click. I mean, you email marketing, you name every single service, we did it. Like we were a full service agency. And I think coming as a junior, I think coming in and looking on the outside and looking at everyone else's business, you see these full service agencies doing really well. And you think, oh, that's what I need to be. I need to be a full service agency. But in fact, if you just do one service really well, you will scale much faster. And you don't realize the pains and the pitfalls that those full service agencies have and their staffing issues because every single service that you provide requires some rockstar staff. It requires some processes. It requires a sales process. It requires onboarding. Like there's so many bits and pieces for every single service that you do. So yeah, I believe that the full service agency you know, curriculum or the way to build your business is flawed completely. I think you should do one thing for one type of customer and just do it again and again and again. Yep. I'm totally on board with that. So when you were in this full service agency mode, what did your day to day look like? Were you any uh-huh. kind of, <laughs> were you just really happy and not stressed at all and sleeping really well at night? Uh, was, what was no, going on for you? Yeah. All right. So let's, let's try and think like, I'm pretty happy. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, always, I'm always a happy chappy. I'm pretty positive. My time was a complete time. Like it was a suck. So you know, I was a designer. I knew web dev straight away. As soon as I started selling my websites, I made sure that I had my, an old friend, a partner, Phil, and he was doing my website dev so that I could do the design. So I had already done that whole staffing thing and made sure that someone was doing this so that I could do that. But the longer that we carried on, the more I realized it's really hard to price a project when Phil, who is an outsourced, you know, team member, his price is going to fluctuate. So I don't really have my fixed costs down. So not hiring someone full time and just as a ad hoc basis was actually killing my profit. And it, you know, it took a few projects for me to realize that and go, holy cow, we need to hire full time. So, you know, right before that point, I was doing all the design work and I was trying to do sales and go to meetings and, you know, coffee catch ups and all the crap that you do when you're running around trying to generate some work. And I, you know, I remember sitting there for six hours doing a design 
And then you go back to your inbox and you're just like, holy cow, like there's all this other work to be done. Who's going to do that? Me. And a hundred percent, boy, I had some sleepless nights or I had those nights where you're thinking about work 24 seven, like you're not taking a break. Like my now husband, so we started dating in 09, 10. So right as this whole business journey started too. And I mean, literally for the first five years, he was there and we were dating, but I was in love with my business. I was dedicated to my business. There was nothing else that was being done. So he was so understanding and supportive (laughs) Um, all that time ago, right? So yeah, like I remember specifically doing the design work and then realizing that there's all this selling that needs to be done. There's emails that need to go back. There's communication. There's work checking from Phil. He was amazing, but still someone has to check the work. Someone has to hand it over. Someone's got to do the bills. Like, And I was just like, okay, I need to replace myself. So the first person I got on board was a full-time designer. And I was like, holy cow, how am I going to pay this wage? But you just do. <laughs> it just, you hire someone and you pay their wage and you bring them on and they're a valued team member and you just keep growing. And I think this is a massive fear that we business owners, content heroes, you know, want to make sure that we have set in stone is that if we're going to do this, we're going to need a team to help us because no one gets anywhere by themselves. You need a few more people in the bus to make sure that the, you know, the wheels keep turning and you keep moving along that path that you're setting. So hiring team is massive. Picking a niche, it's, it's even better because if you can pick a niche and you can build a core service, that is it. That is the only thing you're going to do. Then hiring a team gets so much easier and so less stressful because you're just doing the one thing again and again and again. It's when you do all this custom work, all these custom jobs, or people come to you with an idea and then you think, oh, I could do that. Oh, yeah, I could do that. And you're like, oh, what have I, where have I spent my time over this year? Like, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so great. I, you know, that's definitely been part of the journey that we've had at Inigo where, you know, because you, part of the reason why you get into this business is you want to help people, right? And so it can be so difficult to say no because you can do those things, right? You know, like, yes, I can, you know, I can set up your email funnel for you. I have someone on the team to do that. Like we can do that. But is that what we should be doing? Is that the best use of our resources? And, and is it the best way we can help people? Like, you know, the answer is more often than not, no. no. You know? I literally have someone right now in my Facebook messenger that is asking me that her husband set up a Facebook page, but he needs to do a business page and he can't post. And now I can solve that problem. But is that my <laughs> problem to solve? Sorry, mate. Yeah. Like I literally said, yeah. hey man, like, Try Google. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to answer every single person's request? I'm going to be here forever. Yeah. Yeah. So what did that look like when you kind of started, to, when you drew that line in the sand and said, I'm going to pick a niche? What was that process like for you? And how did you transition from what yeah. you were doing to, you know, only serving a, a specific audience? Well, I knew I needed to make a bigger impact and I wanted to make a bigger difference. And I I wanted my work to stand more proud, you know, and be up there. The only way to really break out and be the authority of something is to actually make 
you know, draw the line and become the authority. So the line in the sand that I drew, like, and I mean, I'm a profuse, a profusely action taker, if that's the right way to say that. Yes, yes, you are. (laughs) I'm a serious action taker. So I was literally like, right, what does my entire client list look like? Boom. I listed all my clients that I currently had. I saw 35% of those guys were trade, industry builder, you know, electrician, plumber, this kind of thing. So that was it. Like my dad was a brickie, my family are tradies. Okay, whatever. I know the niche. I'm just going to get started. And that's it. I just drew the line. I built a new site. We got up and running and off we go. But the thing, the thing that took me 12 months to realize is it's not just about picking your niche. Like that is just the first part that everyone's like, oh, you got to pick a niche. Like, oh, you got to pick. It's kind of like someone telling you, oh, you should know your numbers. You're like, (laughs) you're like, yeah, okay. What do I do with that information? (laughs) So you must pick a niche. Yes. But you must build a core service that is going to solve your niche's problem. And you need to know what your niche's problem is in order to work, you know, to backtrack and work that thing out. And that's the missing piece that most people are struggling with. And that's probably why a lot of people pick a niche and then fall back and then pick a niche and then fall back because they've only done half the job. If they'd actually built that core offer, then they would then have their ideal customer and what they're going to provide to these people. And then they can hit the ground running and actually start delivering this thing. Yeah, absolutely. I see that all the time in with just content creation as well, where, you know, <laughs> even if they, they say they draw the line in the sand and say, hey, we're going to create content for this particular group of people. It's so easy to get off course and <laughs> say, oh, this is interesting. And we saw that this went viral. We can do something like that, you know. And there's ways that, you know, especially, you know, on the content creation side, there's ways to broaden like the content that you bring in, but you always have to tie it back to your original, exactly what you're saying, that niche and that problem and solving that problem for them. And I think that that too is where there's a disconnect on the content creation side as well. I mean, even when when it comes to content creating, you know, if you're putting a podcast together, right? Even considering who is going to listen to this piece of media, who is going to listen to this podcast, what are their hopes and desires, what are their problems? If you don't do that exercise, no matter how much content you produce, it's never going to fully go deep, I guess, and really make an impact for those people because you're not truly aligning yourself with anybody. You're kind of being everyone. So yeah, the niching thing is actually... It's insane. It it's not just about like, you know, business and and putting a core process together. It needs to be applied to every aspect of what we do in business. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So when you, you know, you drew this line in the sand, picked your niche, which is tradies, which in here in the States, I guess we would call them contractors. Uh, contractors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that would be like what are some examples of tradies? Oh, roofers, okay. plumbers, carpenters, flooring. Yeah. It's not the guys that sit in the office and do the numbers. It's the guys that are in your yeah. home doing the thing or building entire like home centers, like entire towns. You can go as big as civil engineering and all that kind of stuff as well. So yeah, it's the guys that do all the work that make this world what it is, basically. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's not the numbers. So when... <laughs> Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah. So, how did you, what was that process like for you to start creating that product or service for them? What did that look like? 
Yeah, I mean, so like we built the business, right? So, I mean, you know, I named it. I gave it a great name. I even trademarked the thing. Like I was like, this is it. Like I'm going all in. This is the whole plan for the rest of my life. (laughs) Because I had a team at that point too, it was very easy for me to kind of draw out like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is who we're doing it for. This is what we're going to do. Okay, I got to go to market. Like we need this to spread to like I want to be the leading trade builder marketing company, you know, in Australasia. I I just want to be able to have that many of that customer in our books that we're like the number one. We're just leading. Absolutely. We're smashing it. You know, we're the only ones that you need to go to. So, you know, as the now business owner, I'm not doing, you know, I'm not doing the design. I'm not doing the development. I'm not posting stuff. Like, so for me, it's about, you know, the message and getting really clear on what we want to do and how we want to say it and our language and what the story is that we're trying to tell and how to translate that so that these guys understand. Like we're very good at not talking to tech because no one wants to talk tech, you know, they need a solution to their problem. So we're always solution focused in all our marketing. And yeah, I'll literally you know, jot a few things down and then the team will just take that and use it and then, you know, create a blog post and an audio and a video and a Instagram post and a Facebook post. And so it's kind of like, I don't know, when people look at the business, they're like, holy cow, like she does so much. She's across all platforms, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's because I built an army to sit behind me. And that's how I get things done so quickly because I have an army. And again, like I wasn't able to build a team to so precisely do each little task unless I had this system that I built for myself. I mean, if we were doing the same crap that we were doing back, you know, in the first days, like there's, I mean, I would have a team twice as big because we'd be offering, you know, 20 times as many services. Like, I mean, we did it all, like with Magento, Shopify, WordPress, Business Catalyst, Oh God, almost Joomla. And then we quickly backtracked and realized, no, that's not what we wanted. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we had crossed every platform. We were doing it everything. And we just pulled it way back. We're like, we do this on this platform for this person. That is it. This is the result we want to get. Okay, let's just do this. And then from a content perspective, it just became about talking about that end solution, including our client stories in our marketing to make sure that, you know, we bring human elements into into our marketing. And yeah, it gets done with my army of awesome stuff members. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. I love how you can just show up and hit record and then just gets published. Like <laughs> when we, so for everyone listening, Stephanie and I were part of a mastermind for a while. We met out in the first time we met in person was in Same. Thailand. In Is it Thailand? Yeah. Well, I guess we did technically meet in San Diego. San Diego. Um, yeah. But you weren't there the days that I was I was in was Mexico. There for that <laughs> uh, that's right. <laughs> um, but, you know, Stephanie's, yeah, <laughs> Stephanie's walking around with her camera on like the selfie tripod thing. And she's just talking about, you know, the like business mindset and masterminding and you know she's got she sits it down on the edge of the pool and she's just creating all these videos she just ships them off and then it just gets published and distributed and (laughs) and it's i love it yeah you guys are like oh you in the pool like yeah yeah i made that and then i sent it to my team and now here it is like it's done it's on youtube (laughs) 
I'm like, I'm done. I'm done with my homework. Now what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I loved it. And it just it speaks to how exactly what you said when you when you have such a focus, it simplifies everything, oh. right? It's not just about what you're offering, but it simplifies who you bring on board for your team. It simplifies your message, it simplifies how you create content and your whole process around that. Yeah. It simplifies sales. Yeah. It gives you Everything. clarity. You know exactly what you're going to deliver. You get used to delivering to a certain kind of customer. You get used to providing a certain message that you know works. I mean, like everything just gets easier. Like if you're trying to create content to drive interest so that people buy from you and you are going wide and you are just, you know, trying every single subject your marketing message is going to take so much longer because as soon as you try and like tap into like, I don't know, those numbers people and then like you try and get them on board and then you change and you decide to talk to, you know, painters or something, let's say, like the numbers guys have disappeared because, you know, not talking, talking about a painter's business, you know, like, so when you only talk about one type of customer in all of the content that you create, it allows them to continue to grow desire so that they realize that you are the best person for this gig and Mm. you do have the solution to their biggest problems because you understand it. You're talking to that niche all the time. So yeah, it all starts with the niche. (laughs) Do you ever have these experiences where you get on a call with someone and they're so used to like your voice that they think that they know you already and they're just like, yeah. I get that all the time. I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> uh, you, like, <laughs> oh, you're like, that's that's your real laugh. I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's how that's my real laugh. He's like, oh my god, like I know you have brown hair. I'm like, yeah, I have brown hair. <laughs> it's uncanny. It's it's funny because like we brought on a new client not long ago, and he finally sent me his photo. To, well, not me, but he sent it to the team and it went up on his website. And I was like, oh, that's what he looks like. You know what I mean? Whereas everyone knows what I look like because I'm just so public. Like, you know, don't be perfect. Just hit publish and the rest, you know, like people, are, I can't spell, I can barely count. You know, I'm not perfect in any way. But I mean, my content cuts through because I just publish so often that people start to get to know all my mannerisms and that I'm not a perfectionist and I tell it how it is. And if you're, you know, if you're going to do this with us, well, then I'm going to be real honest and direct because that's how I come across on video. So yeah, like, I don't know, just be yourself and hit publish as often as possible and walk around with a selfie camera. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you had like a legit camera on like a serious tripod. Uh, too. It was awesome. Yeah. I freaking love my cameras. (laughs) (laughs) I can see the lenses in the background there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right now like trying to like set this rig up so that my streaming from my desktop here is just so much more crisp and awesome. So I've been doing a little bit of technical buying cords and crap like that so that I can get some really good camera focal point, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) It's an excuse just to spend money, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When I was doing documentary filmmaking, I definitely spent way too much on camera gear. So I know how dangerous that can be. Yeah. Yeah, it's expensive. So the other thing that I have loved watching 
over the last you know year or two that we've known each other is you really taking ownership of the niche, but not just like the niche that you're in. Now you've branched out into helping other people find their niche. Yeah. Um, and the business that you've created has, like you were talking about, like it runs on its own, right? And so it's created enough freedom and enough space for you that now you can say, okay, how can I go beyond just this and help other people do what I have done? Yeah. I love that. So can we talk about what you're doing now and how you're helping other people find their niche now? Yeah. So, I mean, I see it every day, like people are struggling to move their business forward or to be where they should be because they haven't basically followed a similar structure to me. And I was like, my trades business that I built is so systemized. I could literally roll this out and give it to anybody. They can follow the steps and they too can have a business that is then going to be able to support them and serve them in terms of their freedom or their impact or, you know, they want more family time or whatever it is. So I've been doing a lot of one-on-one coaching with other like creatives and business owners, agency owners. And then I built just recently now the niche. So it's an online course. It's like (laughs) basically a step-by-step system that you can follow that will allow you to pick a niche, like how to pick a niche, what tools online do you need to do? Like, you know, all the bits and bobs of picking a niche. It then takes you through like, okay, now what the hell are we going to do for these people? Like, what do I want to do? Like as an operator, what sort of work do I want to be doing? Because you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. That's the thing. Like you just need to be doing a service that you love. And then it's like, well, now you can build a team because you're just doing one core thing. You know, I even go as far as showing how to produce content so that your niche really leans into you and the steps it takes to make sure that Once they're there and they can see you, then what? And you prompt them to take action. You prompt them to get closer into your world so that then a sales conversation can happen. Like I give everything. I gave my sales scripts away, (laughs) my sales documents, (laughs) how to even build the sales page so that the customer follows it and then falls into the funnel to get into your calendar. Like I'm talking the whole thing exactly how the business runs. So it's been really good to see students go through it and just be like, ah, like, I was like, wow, this is so cool. Like to be able to do something like this and be able to reach so many more people. I mean, this is like global, you know, Italy and Scotland and New Zealand, Australia, America, like, yeah, we've sort of got students across the world now. So it's really cool. It's really cool. That's fantastic. So from a content creator's perspective, what are some key takeaways that you could give that people could take action on right now to either start that process of nailing the niche or really start to accelerate the niche that they have? Okay. So first things first, you got to start saying no. So you got to get real clear on what you want to do and what you don't want to do. So you need to build a plan. Yeah. You need to work out who the hell your target audience is going to be, what you're going to offer them, what are you going to do time and time again to make sure that you can get some conversions going? And then what traffic tool are you going to use? Like how are you going to bring people in? Like where is your media going to focus on? So many people when they start out, they're like on everything. They're like, I've got to get on Instagram and you know, TikTok and Twitch and Facebook and whatever else is so cool at the time. But it's like, look, 
I'm just going to build a plan. I'm going to sit on one platform and I'm going to really smash this platform. I'm going to get it so systemized that a team member can then do it. And then I'm going to move to the next platform. Like thou shall not sign up to a social media platform until the process is fulfilled and someone can blindly follow it. Like I think about processing, like baking a cake. I'm a massive, I love cooking. And so often I see people try and hand a process over to a staff member and they're like, ah, they don't get it. Doesn't work. And I'm like, show me your process, (laughs) you know? And it's like someone telling you to bake a cake, like, yeah, make me a chocolate cake. You're like, Oh, is it self-raising flour? Is it plain flour? Is it caster sugar? Do I use cacao? Do I use 95% chocolate or is it the 97? Like when you put it to them like that, they're like, oh crap, like no wonder this is failing. <laughs> like I've just told them to go make a chocolate cake. Like a chocolate cake to them is completely different. So when it comes to producing content, make sure that you write down all your steps because someone is going to need to do that for you. And you need to think of that in a mindset perspective. You are not going to be doing the things that you are doing right now today, tomorrow. So make sure you keep a dossier and a note and a process so that when you do have that space, you can bring someone on and it's much faster to bring them on board because you've already done all that work. Love it. Okay. So we've got saying no more often. We've got making sure that you document and build your processes. What's one more thing that content creators can do to start nailing their niche? Yeah. So build a plan, put a plan in place. And it's, you know, think about where you want to be and where do you want to show up, put a plan in place and like, just absolutely define it. Like, this is what I'm going to do. This is who I'm going to do it for. I'm going to do this for the next 90 or 180 days or, you know, the next year or six months or whatever that plan is for you that that's, you know, you can do and it's confident it's done, right? Like, If you're just cool for 90 days or 30 days, then start with a 30-day plan. Like don't try and eat the whole year if you've never done the plan like that before. So plan, plan for your next 30, 90, 60, whatever it is, days, and make sure that, you know, 100% you're clear and this is where you're going and this is what you're going to do. Lay it out and put all the pieces in place. And then anytime that something else comes in play, shiny objects, you go, okay, wait a minute is this in my planning document? Like, oh, wow, this new, like, you know, medium just came out and I need to write some content in there because it's really hot right now. It's like, wait a minute, is this in your plan? Okay, because if it's not, cool, let's add that to our next planning session, okay? Let's fulfill our first plan and make sure, because there was a reason why you put the plan together, yeah? Like it took you some time and brainstorming and planning to put this plan together. So don't just be throwing things in. Like go back to the chocolate cake analogy, like what, now it's a (laughs) raspberry mud chocolate cake? Like no, you said it was a chocolate cake. You didn't buy the raspberries. What are you going to do? Run out the front and go and grab some raspberries and come back in and throw the raspberries in? Like no, stick to your plan. Build the chocolate cake. <laughs> so yeah. Build. So what are what are some things that should go in the plan, and what are some things that should not go in the plan? Do you think? Mm, so okay, I mean, you know, I don't know why you're running your business, but think about like family time and taking breaks and holidays and all this kind of stuff. Because obviously you run a business so that you can be free. And if you don't plan for your holidays and your de-stress time or your weekends away or whatever that is for you then why are you in business, you know? So put yourself first. Think about what you want to achieve and and your goals in terms of like sales goals, like how many things do I need to sell in order to make my monetary target? 
okay, so if I need 60 of these, I need 30 of these, I need 20 of these, like and works backwards. So have that end picture in mind, no matter how scary or distant it might be. If you can really see exactly where you want to be, you can build the path. And that's all a plan does. I think planning is so scary because it's like, oh man, someone's given me a plan that I have to follow. But I mean, you're doing it for a reason. So yeah, make sure you put your family time. I'm in there allocate some tasks. So, you know, I want to make sure that I, you know, have these, this amount of sales calls a week or by day hundred, I want to make sure that we've generated enough revenue so that I can bring on that staff member because that's then going to be part of the plan so that I don't have to do the content bit. Let's say, you know, someone else is going to do that and I'm going to be stepping into a much bigger role in my business. Like whatever your business is going to be, like put the backwards pieces in place. And it's going to be different for every single business, you know, like, do you have to put a little, you know, sales page together? Do you need your sales scripts put together? Do you need to understand who the hell the niche is? What are you going to offer them? Like there's all these steps. But again, like if you can understand where you want to be and you can get real clear on that, it's going to be much easier to build yourself a little 30, 60, 90 day, 180 day plan so that you can get there. Just don't let any shiny objects in (laughs) because I think that's what stops us. And that's what I'm saying about saying no, because if you're really clear on exactly what you're trying to execute, then when something comes in and it's like random, like this person that's texting me on Facebook about Facebook, I'm like that is not part of our plan. Like, <laughs> join Nail the Niche and I will show you how to, you know, go to your customers and generate some income and put a system in place. But I'm, I can't teach you about Facebook. Like I'm not help desk. <laughs> <laughs> Tennis, put that one uh, back, you know? Tennis, tennis racket. <laughs> Backhander. <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks so much, Stephanie. This has been great. Before we hop off, can you share with everyone where they can find you online? Yeah, totally. So stephaniecampanella.com. That's kind of the hub where everything is. I mean, the nail the niche is there and all the information um, on how to become a student. I mean, there's a YouTube channel, there's a podcast. I'm on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much live on the internet. So, yeah, Stephanie <laughs> So they shouldn't have any problem finding you. Yeah, you're not going to have a problem finding me, I don't think. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate you being on the show. Sweet. No, thanks for having me. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Content Heroes podcast. I just wanted to take a second and let you know that we have some amazing guests planned for the coming weeks. So if you haven't already, go ahead and hit subscribe so you can make sure to catch every episode. And if you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and leave a five-star review to help make it easier for other content creators to find and enjoy the show. Lastly, I'd like to invite you to join our Content Heroes Facebook community where you can connect with other online content creators to share, learn, grow, and have fun. To join the group, just visit contentheroes.com slash Facebook. Once again, that is contentheroes.com slash Facebook. 